on this episode of the Things Above podcast, what are Colorado teens doing more, twice amount more, than any other teens in any other state? Hmm. We're also going to look at two, two news articles about domestic abuse and domestic violence. And our main subject for today will be on the church. All of this will be on today's episode of the Things Above podcast. Tuning in on another episode of the Things Above podcast. My name is Brandon. I am the pastor over at Ramsey Baptist Church right outside Montrose, South Dakota. Um, it's been a while since I posted up a podcast. Things have been a little busy for me, so uh, um, I, I, I've been kind of spread fairly thin. Uh, July is typically a, usually a very busy month for me anyway. I, I don't think I've ever had a July that was not busy. Uh, but this July was extremely busy, so I was helping family members move, and um, it, was, it was kind of a big deal, big thing going on. Uh, and so it's it's been a while since I've been able to uh, get another episode up, but here we are, and we're going to be talking about some current events. And then uh, and, uh, a topic that's uh, really been on my heart lately because uh, I just don't think it's really understood in our American culture. I think there's a lot of people out there that who do understand it, uh, but there's a lot who don't. So uh, let's get to our news articles uh, for today. Um, so something's going on in Denver, Colorado. Uh, something The teenagers are doing something twice the rate of teens in other states. And uh, that one thing is vaping. They are vaping twice the amount more, twice, twice as much as those of other teens, other, uh, other people their age in other states. Colorado teenagers are vaping at twice the rate of teens in other states. That's the findings of the new Center of Disease Control and Prevention Survey of teens in 37 states. Now, I don't want to go over the whole article. Um, they kind of discuss uh, uh, the, the fact that there are some side effects uh, to vaping, that it is uh, addictive, that uh, Big Tobacco owns a lot of these vaping companies, and they are getting people still to this day and still targeting young people. And still to this day are trying to market to young crowds. And vaping is one of those things that is just marketing to young crowds. But it seems to be happening twice the amount in Colorado than it is in any other state. Now hold on a second. You mean to tell me that lawmakers legalized... The substance that can be inhaled, that's that's uh, um, um, the predominant way of taking in the substance, is through inhalation of smoke, which they said would bring down the drug abuse rates. I don't know how, why they came up with that, but they said it would bring down the drug abuse rates. It would keep the drugs out of the school. But now we're seeing that Colorado is not only, um, uh, not only are the Colorado teens smoking more marijuana, uh, than other teens in other states, but they're also smoking other substances more than any other teens in any other state. 
Uh, could it be that these lawmakers do have a bigger impact on these children? Um, maybe if people weren't so selfish in what they want to do uh, with, the, with, their, with their personal time, how, uh, how they just want to be concerned about them, they never stop to think about the consequences. They never stop to think about how this would affect people who are younger, nor do they care. Um, there are people who would call that news bias and that, it, that it's propaganda. It's not bias. It's not propaganda. What do, what do people have to gain by, by this? Well, what's the end game here if, if, if this is made up news? There's no end game here. People want to smoke their weed. What, what's the end game for, uh, for saying that, uh, that, uh, peop- that these teens are smoking more? So, I don't know. That is, that has always been a headache. Um, another news, here's a, here's a domestic thing. A New York man arrested for hitting his girlfriend with a Bible. A Bible. A Bronx man was arrested for bashing his girlfriend with a Bible on Sunday. Police, uh, he, uh, police told the Post, bashing? I wonder why they use that word. Daniel LaForge, 36, got into an argument with his girlfriend at his Parkside apartment on Bronx Park East at about 7 a.m., police said. This is an early morning fight. He began to punch the 40-year-old 40, 40 woman, then grabbed the good book and smacked her in the head and shoulder with it, cops said. The woman called 911 and told police she suffered significant pain on her head and shoulder after, after the beating. LaForge was arrested at the scene and charged with felony assault and harassment. You know, there are many ways to give people the Bible. I do not think that is one of them. I could be wrong, but folks, do not go around bashing people's heads with, with, with Bibles. That's kind of a strong word to use. I, I, I was almost afraid to um, uh, read that all the way through. Uh, because uh, it just seems so it seems so violent using the word bash. I mean it was a violent attack but bashing kind of I mean hitting yes using it as a weapon yes but bashing seems like the the, the the attack was more severe all right this one's this one's sad um I, I, I some people may may I don't this one's just sad uh, an Arkansas woman shoots kills her husband over por- pornography an Arkansas woman was arrested Saturday after telling police she shot and killed her husband because he bought pornography, officials said. The Jefferson County Sheriff's Office said in a news release it received a call around 2.30 p.m. from 69-year-old Patricia Hill, who told dispatchers she just shot her 65-year-old husband, Frank. When police arrived at the home located about 36 miles south of Little Rock, they found Frank Hill dead in a shed on the property. Hill sustained two gunshot wounds to the upper and lower body, according to police. The sheriff's office said that during an interview with Hill, she told investigators she arrived home and went to the shed on her property to confront her husband, but there had never been any physical altercations between the couple. However, Mrs. Hill stated that she disagreed with her husband's purchase of video pornography via the television guide, which she canceled upon discovering the purchase. But Mr. Hill managed to place a subsequent order. Lafayette Woods Jr. said Mrs. Hill stated that she entered the shed and asked her husband to leave, but he refused. When her husband didn't leave the shed, Hill told investigators she went back to the home and got a 22 caliber pistol. She went back into the shed a short time later where she entered the, and shot her husband twice, striking him once in the leg and once in the head. 
Immediately following the shooting, Mrs. Hill stated, stated that she returned inside the residence where she returned the weapon and called 911 to report the shooting. At this point, investigators do not believe that the incident had anything to do with self-defense. Hill is currently in Jefferson County's detention center on fel felony probable cause of capital murder in the shooting death of her husband without bond and will stay there until her court date next week. Um, this is, this is just tragic. I mean, I don't know. I, I think at first you're kind of like, if you didn't know the guy died, you, you may have, you may have like giggled about that or kind of went like, Oh boy, you know, like just like, but this woman was hurt. She, she found out her husband was doing something and it cut deep. And it cut so deep that she wanted him to leave. And when he refused, she went back and grabbed a pistol. Went back and told him to leave again. When he refused, she shot him. Killed him. Now, this is her story. We can't find out his side of the story. Um, we will never find out his side of the story. Uh, but uh, um, we have two heinous sins here. Uh, the man who was watching pornography and the woman who committed murder over that pornography. I mean, this is just, this saddens me. It really does. Um, I want to be in prayer for that family. I want to be in prayer for the, the people around in that, and then I will be. But uh, this is just one of those things. And, it, and uh, you, you can't ask your wife to compete with that. And yeah, it's just it, it 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 made something within her snap. I mean, she's sixty nine years old. She's lived a long life. She, as far as we know, she never shot and killed anyone uh, before. Then, uh, an act of sin on her from her husband caused her to snap. It's just all around sad, uh, and and uh, this kind of stuff is encouraged. This kind of Sexual sin is encouraged, and and it's a great temptation for many men, and uh, um, and, and men seek help, seek help. All right. So, what I want to discuss today, uh, I want to talk about the church. I got some notes here. I got to get my notes out. Um, kind of my guideline for this discussion. Uh, the reason why I want to talk about the church is because uh, I see how people treat the church, and it saddens me. It saddens me because I believe it saddens Jesus on how the church is treated. So let's discuss what Americans think the church is. Um, the common reaction is that, uh, they, they, they um, as Mike Horton would say, they want a life coach. They don't want a savior. They don't want a redeemer. They want a life coach. They want something that feels good. They want to be encouraged. And when they come into the, to the sanctuary, you have, better have a good atmosphere. And I want to feel good. I want to be encouraged. And I want to leave feeling good. Um, and I want to leave being encouraged. I don't want to be discouraged in any way. I don't want to be broken down in any way. I want to be lifted up. I need to feel good to get me through this week. And beyond that the message should sound a certain way or be a certain way, uh, the pastor should be a certain way. Yes, the pastor uh, should should 
look a certain way, he should act a certain way, he should say things a certain way, and if the pastor doesn't do things I would I, I like, I'm out of there. And I'll just go and take my money and go elsewhere. This is this is part of the, the consumerist approach. Well, Americans do have a very consumerist approach to ministry. Um, I better be served. What happens when I walk through the doors of that place? Will I feel special? Will, will, will the pastor make me feel special? Will the ministry make me feel special? Because that's what I need. I need to feel special in my life. I need to be waited on. Um, how does this benefit me? What do I gain out of being in this ministry? I need to know what I gain. What does my family gain? Do you have something for my children? Do you have, do you have the, um, all these things that I, that I need in my life? Oh, if you don't, then I'm going to take my money and go elsewhere. There's a very uh, consumerist approach. Uh, this is not just people who are shopping around for other churches. This happens within the church, too. Um, specifically if you're within a denomination. I, I, I cannot tell you how many times people within denominations will you know, put their money together, like let's just talk about the Southern Baptist Convention, how they all kind of put their funds together to do missions. Some people within that will sit there and say, well, what, what, what do we get out of it? We're paying them, what do we get? And it's this consumerist approach. What do I get? I hear it with missions all the time, certain missionary causes. Oh, I'm going to give him this money, but what do I get? You're not buying something. This is not consumerism. You get nothing. You get the opportunity to help. But this is the way people think about the church. They think about the church as, as, as their own personal little country club. And the country club better do what we think is best or else. But that's not the church according to the Bible. It's not a consumerist approach. It's far from it. The church is the organized body of Christ. And by organized, I mean that there um, are rulers and leaders. The church is not you, your cousin Tukey, and, 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 and your nephew all hanging out. And they're like, see, this, this is us. This is the church. It's the organized body. There's leadership because you have to submit to these leaders. If you have no leaders to submit to, then you're not in a church. You're not, you're, this is not the church. Well, now I'm talking about the local church, just so we're clear, guys. I'm not talking about the, uh, the invisible church. There's, there's a, 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 the invisible church and visible church, and I'm talking about the visible church. The invisible church are brothers and sisters in Christ throughout the world that we can't see. We're not connected with them at a local place. They are over in different parts of the world, and, uh, and, but we are all one. We are all one in the world. We are all one church in the world. Uh, these are all authentic believers in Jesus Christ who have been born again. Uh, so that's, that's the invisible church. I'm talking about the visible church, which is something that Jesus gave his life for. It is something that is so precious to him. And what happens so often is that people trash the church, abuse the church, bash the church. They insult the bride of Jesus. 
Now think about that for a second. What if I insulted your spouse? Are we going to be friends very long? Jesus is so close to his church that when a man named Saul from Tarsus was persecuting his church, he intervened in Saul's life and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He did not ask, why are you persecuting my church? He asked, why are you persecuting me? To harm the church is to harm Jesus. Otherwise, Jesus wouldn't have said, why are you persecuting me? It's a a big thought to think about. Uh, Beyond the church being the organized body, uh, it it is a place where the word of God is preached. Um, Now, this... This in our day is, is, is so cloudy, and it shouldn't be, um, because there are many, many, many pastors out there who have these uh, sermons that are more encouraging, motivational speeches with Bible text thrown in there, and people go, yeah, it's biblical. Not really. No, they use the Bible to probably make their point, but it's not biblical. Biblical. I don't know why I could not say that word. I was getting tongue-tied and everything. Biblical. It's not biblical. Uh, so uh, there, there is a difference when we talk about the Word of God being preached. Now, a true, a true church is a place that is an organized body where the Word of God is preached. Not only is the Word of God preached, but it's where we have the ordinances uh, um, administered or the sacraments administered, if you want to call it that. Um, you you do not have a church apart from baptism, apart from the Lord's Supper. These were things given to the church. Now, I used to minister in Colorado, in Leadville, up in the Rocky Mountains, beautiful place. Um, one of the prettiest lakes I have ever seen is up there. And uh, you have a lot of fishermen up there. And a common thing I heard up there um, was, uh, you know what, you know what, Pastor? I get out there on the boat on the lake, and I say, "This is my church." The outside is your church. I'm not sure you know what that word means. I'm not sure. Are we talking about the same thing here? But they would say that. They would say, this is my church. Okay, you worship creation. Now that we have established that, who do you say Jesus is? Are you saved? Probably not. Means how you uh, have a very, very corrupt view of the church. But that was a common thing. It was a common thing for people to say that. They thought that that was their church because they liked it. There's the other thing, folks. Uh the church is 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 not this place that has to be your exact image and if it's not the exact image you want it to be then you get to leave that's not what the church is about um and people get so finicky about what's inside the church and 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 the cosmetics of it all and and even though for those men in in Colorado who who said that the, the you know being out in the lake on the boat that was their church that you know they were on a different level but it does that attitude still exists within the walls of the church. And again, this is this is turning something into an idol, turning a building into an idol. 
Be weary of that. Don't don't be a part of that. Part of the reason so many people have this attitude um, is because we were, were were being pushed to be consumerist. We see commercials all day, every day, advertisements on the radio, on the internet, um, uh, on television, and, and, and there's just there's just not a day where we are without advertisements. It could be that you're even listening to this and you might hear an advertisement or see an advertisement on the website you're watching this on. Hopefully not on our actual web page. Um, you're not. Uh, hopefully you're not seeing any advertisements. But um, we're in a world that everyone's trying to sell to you. Everyone's trying to get you to buy something, and everyone has this. Everyone's kind of conditioned to be like that. This is why they step into the doors of the ministry. And they go, how are they going to interact with me? How are they going to make me feel? Now, the word of God convicts the heart of man. It cuts deep. You're confronted with your sin all the time. You should be confronted with your sin every time you hear the word preached. Every single time. And the only way you should be uplifted is knowing that you are a wretched sinner in need of a great Savior, and you do have that great Savior, and you have placed your trust in that great Savior. That is the only positive element you should really have. All of that has little subplots to it. You get to be into the kingdom of God, uh, uh, and realistically, the church is the kingdom on earth, but uh, you, you you get to be a part of the kingdom of God. I mean, all of that comes within Christ. In Christ is the positive message. That is the good news. But we are still fallen creatures in fallen flesh, in a fallen world, and we should be confronted with our sins and mourning over those sins. Not going to a place that's going to make me feel good about them. We shouldn't be feeling good about this stuff. Not go to a place that's going to actually um, entertain and stimulate my sin because I'm so selfish that I have to be I have to be served when I walked in the church. That kind of desire should not be entertained. Now that doesn't mean that you should be going to a churches where or everyone's sticking up their nose and they're going sorry we're not gonna we're not gonna wait hand and foot on you and you know uh, we're not gonna say anything to you or, or 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 communicate to you in any way because we don't want to entertain sin that's not what I'm saying at all but what I'm saying is if that's your motive if that's the reason why you're attending a church you might be there for all the wrong reasons you should be there to hear the word of God preached and receive the sacraments that are administered What is your real motive for why you're in the ministry that you are in? Assuming you are in one. Because so many, so many, so many people professing faith neglect a huge part of the faith, the church. The church is not here as a chore. It's here to help you. The church is here to help you. It's not to hurt you. It's to help you be a better Christian. It's to equip you with everything. 
that you need in life and to make disciples. But we have this twisted view. And this twisted view, <clears throat> oh man, is it annoying? <laughs> and is it uh, just just so... It, it it makes it makes me cringe. It really does when I see certain people um, um, just act a certain way. And now here's the hardest part. It's hard for pastors to please everyone, and everyone expects the pastor to do that. But the title is called the pastor, not popularity. And if the pastor is preaching the gospel boldly with the authoritative word of God, the pastor is not always going to be popular. But if your pastor is preaching an encouraging message all the time and everyone's clapping every time he says something, which happens in churches, um, every time he says something, everyone goes in, in, into a cheer and claps, and he's so positive and encouraging all the time. And, you know, if you got a positive and encouraging pastor, good, I'm happy. Does he preach the gospel? Do you know you are saved? If you were to die today, can you say, yes, I will be in the presence of Jesus? If so, if you can say that, how? How can you say that? Why do you say that? Where's the proof of that? Where's your confidence at? How do you know for sure that you will be with Jesus the moment you die? Because a lot of ministries are not teaching that. That question can be loaded, and the answers can often be bizarre. They might sound good, but they can be bizarre. But the church, the church is not a resort for saints. It's not your country club. It's not a place you go where we all fight about the cosmetics of it, uh, where, where we all have to have our way, where we all have to uh, uh, um, uh, nitpick on every little thing we don't like. There should be a certain way a church should be, and it's what I think it should be, and that's the bottom line. That is not the church. It's not your country club. It is a hospital for sinners, where sinners need to hear the gospel preached every Sunday, where sinners need to hear how bad of a wretch they are and how good of a Savior we have, and give God glory for His grace and His mercy. Not because you received a paycheck this week, which is something you should always praise God for, or not because you want to receive a bigger paycheck or because you want more things in life. It is to give God glory because you are unworthy of the salvation you have. And the salvation you have is something very precious. So don't abuse it. Don't mistreat it. Don't stimulate sinful thoughts and desires by having your selfish deeds cater to. Look for a church that actually convicts you and wants to suffer with you and walk through the fire with you. Not be some ministry that's trying to tell you something positive and it's just all superficial. 
Because sin is a heart issue, not an image issue. So the message needs to cut deep, not make me feel good when I need to feel good. It needs to cut deep. It needs to break me down and build me back up. That, my friends, is where real sanctification takes place. This has been the Things Above podcast.